Hello and welcome back to Reality Check. I've got to say, after such a long time away, I have a ton of new topics for episodes and it's hard to know where to start. In case you haven't seen it yet, I've got a new online blog going with a couple of entries and much more to come. But within the topic of dating, there are some issues that I need a lot more space to expand upon. Today I wanted to talk about the general landscape of dating, uh, especially as online or app dating has become the mainstream way of finding new people. Everyone seems lost and confused, and almost no one seems to understand why they can't find what they're looking for uh, and why they're so miserable while they're searching. And as I'll explain, as it stands right now, women especially are definitely fighting an uphill battle. But to set the stage, I need to go back to the beginning. Why do men and women get together, and how do they choose each other? Now, I would never claim to be an expert in evolutionary biology and psychology, but I am an avid learner, on the psychology end of things at least, and lots of these concepts are pretty basic and common sense. Yet, we can see how, as they break down through failed philosophies and ideological indoctrination, people get miserable. And as always, please keep in mind that I'm talking in generalities and averages. There are always outliers to any pattern, but it's stupid to think that you're an outlier to every pattern, because you aren't, and no one is. Thus, let's assume the patterns apply to you, because they probably do. So, why do men and women couple? The answer to this is easy. Primarily, it's to create children, and secondarily, it's for companionship and steady sex. Once the children are born, it then primarily becomes about caring for the children until they mature. It's important to understand these underlying motivations because lots of what passes for our culture today contradicts these facts. This is how we evolved, and our brains are wired to value these things. Anyone that's ever been around women from the ages of 25 to 35 can attest to the hormonal drive they have to give birth. So if the point of dating is to find a permanent mate with which to have children and to find sexually fulfilling companionship, how did evolution shape us in that direction? We all know the cliche that men just want to spread their seed and that women want to lock them down. And for our crude purposes, that cliche is pretty accurate on a base instinctual level. Obviously, there's tons of nuance, but when you view men's and women's dating habits throughout history, that's basically what's going on. Men impulsively want to be promiscuous, and women impulsively want to hold on to a man and keep him from cheating so that they can eventually have children. Now, obviously, men running around banging everything in sight is not going to make either sex happy in the long run. For men, just because they can be promiscuous doesn't mean they should, or that any long-term satisfaction comes from it. And obviously, if men don't settle down, it leaves women feeling uncertain and much less likely to want to have children. How did evolution solve this problem? It's pretty simple. Women became the sex selectors. Women were the ones that granted or withheld sex based on whether they were getting what they wanted. As we evolved, that meant marriage and children, but even the more promiscuous women throughout history didn't just give sex away for free. There was always a transaction of some sort there. So what changed? A few things, the biggest of which is the invention of the birth control pill. Once accidental pregnancies are ruled out, women suddenly have the freedom to enjoy sex nearly as much as men do without severe financial consequence, though the emotional consequence is just as severe as it has ever been, uh, but more on that in a bit. Some other contributing factors are the creation of a welfare state which allows women to use the government in place of a husband for financial problems. And finally, for a number of reasons, marriage became a nearly trivial agreement, easily destroyed on a whim. You'll notice that all of these things are quoted by feminists as some sort of great achievement of the last hundred years. But what pattern can we see in all of them? 
the biological and psychological bindings that used to push us into creating lasting relationships have all but evaporated. And what has been the result? Well, probably the worst thing to come of all of it is single motherhood, which totally wrecks human beings on a massive scale. If you want to have nightmares, just look up the data on how much having a single mother raise you sets you up for failure in pretty much every category of life. But another thing that took a big hit is dating. So now we catch back up to the present, and what do we see? Well, first off, birth rates are going way down, which in a way can be seen as a good temporary band-aid because, as mentioned, legions of single moms aren't good for anyone. But it does mean that there is now an entire generation of women in their 30s that are desperately trying to find a guy to settle down with before their fertility window closes. It's not that women don't want to have children. They're simply giving up. Why is this happening? Well, in short, women have totally abdicated their sex selector status. When women no longer withhold sex in order to get what they want in life, they throw away their greatest evolutionary tool. Women are not men. They aren't motivated to spread their seed. They still do want family and children. But now they are nearly powerless to get it. They've been lied to by feminists who say that because of easily available birth control, they should act like men and have as much hedonistic sex as they can get. The problem is that men and women are wired very differently. Even if a woman doesn't want children, she still feels much more negatively about casual sex than a typical man does. No amount of social programming is going to convince a woman that it feels good to have lots of Tinder hookups with guys that never contact her again. She may tell herself that it's great and she's so sexually liberated, but then she needs extensive therapy and antidepressants to get through her day. Now, don't get me wrong. Men aren't really getting what they want either. It may feel reassuring to a guy to think that he can sleep around well into his 40s before settling down, but a man without responsibility is not a happy man. And men do actually want companionship too, but they aren't as negatively affected from not having it. Part of masculinity is self-reliance, and so while not fully happy alone, men can survive a little easier on average. So how does all this play out in practice? Men and women connect on a dating app. Both are probably talking to multiple people at the same time, because the desire to find someone just a little bit better on paper has become such a big deal. If the man and woman meet up, which is a big if today because everyone has become so flaky, but if they meet up, sex is on the table right away. In fact, sex has become so freely available to men that if a woman doesn't text about it with them before they meet, he'll probably just move on. It's gotten so bad that men can literally jump right to talking about sex in the first texting conversation, and there's minimal negative consequence to that because enough women go along with it. I talk to lots of women about dating, and one thing they'll all jump to is complaining about how awful men are now and how all they care about is having sex. But here's the deal. Men are simple creatures. They simply do whatever you let them get away with. For decades now, women have flung the doors open and said, sex for everyone, and all men have done is say, oh, okay, cool. Now it's nearly impossible to get that genie back in the bottle, because any single woman can say, that's it, no more sex for me, I'm waiting until I'm married. But that won't actually do much good, because now entire generations of men have been taught that they don't need to work for sex or promise anything for it. They just shrug and say, okay, weirdo, I'll go get it from the next woman I swipe right on. To the extent that anyone is now the sex selector, men have taken up that role. With more than enough willing women for every decent man, it's a buyer's market for him. He gets his pick of tons of women that are desperate for a true connection. And here's the truly terrifying part for women. 
A man can go through all of his 20s and 30s getting all the sex he wants, and then when he finally wants to settle down in his mid to late 30s, guess who he chooses? It's not the women his own age, because they're about to be infertile. No, it's the mid-20-somethings that haven't yet slept with a dozen guys. Because men don't have a biological clock. They can do whatever they want and stack the deck entirely in their favor. So how do we get out of all this? Well, it has to be viewed as an individual problem. Birth control is not going anywhere, nor should it. I'm not arguing it's a bad thing, only that it has some huge unintended consequences. And for the foreseeable future, welfare and divorce aren't going to change either. So we have to forget about changing the culture on a massive scale. This is simply the world we live in now, and we have to start thinking independently and individually. So step one for women, stop pretending to be men. It's not making you happy, and whatever temporary good feelings you get from casual sex is ruining your chances in the long run. You have to seriously ask yourself what you want out of life. Do you really not want children, or are you only saying that because you feel like it's hopeless to find a good man to raise a family with? Be honest with yourself, and even if you don't currently want children because you're young and your hormones haven't hit you yet, have enough foresight to realize that that will change. In practice, this means stop having sex unless the guy you are dating is in a committed relationship with you, and only you. No more friends with benefits. It's going to be hard to keep to that for a variety of reasons. First, obviously, it feels good to have sex, not just physically, but women have been trained to view it as a self-esteem boost as well. It's not actually boosting it, but it feels like it does temporarily because it's telling your brain, uh, someone's validating me, I feel pretty, I feel wanted. But often that's not the case at all. You're simply being used, which is why that feeling flips around so devastatingly when he inevitably ghosts you. Step two is to start taking dating seriously. This is such a big thing that I've started actually helping people with their online profiles as one of my services. You have to engineer every aspect of your dating approach towards the goals you actually want, and you have to value yourself highly enough not to budge on them. There will be tons of guys that will pass you over because you're too focused on what you want, but that's fine. They were never going to truly bond with you in the first place. Step three is kind of a weird flip side to the previous point, but you shouldn't be searching for a man using a giant checklist of things that you demand. There is one thing women can adopt from how men approach things. Keep it simple. Narrow down your deal breakers and your desired qualities to three or four major things, and that's it. Women have this tendency to keep a running list of all the negative qualities their ex-boyfriends had, large and small, and the more they date, the longer that list gets. After five or six relationships, the list of things a man can't be or can't have or must be or must have is so long, no man will ever qualify anymore. This is known as hypergamy, and it's another evolutionary instinct in women. And it used to be beneficial back when women were merely evaluating a dozen or so men from their local surroundings. But when there are literally thousands of men to sort through, these hypergamous impulses are going to do women more harm than good. In fact, with the weakening of marriages, hypergamy is responsible for a huge portion of divorces, which, again, doesn't make anyone happy in the long run. So to the extent that it's possible, try to limit yourself. Find the guy that hits your key desires and with whom you can truly plan a future and learn to ignore the mild annoyances. And these criteria shouldn't be super specific, like he must have a graduate degree, because that's not going to predict long-term contentment. Rather, it should be values-based, like we both agree that family is super important, or we both hold the same philosophy on how to raise children. 
Now, for men, the only thing I can say is don't mistake the ability to get sex whenever you want as a replacement for true companionship. Yes, the deck is now stacked in your favor, but that doesn't mean casual sex makes you any happier than the women. And to the extent that there are someone out there that'll tell you that they want more for themselves and that they want to find someone special to create a family with, maybe take them more seriously. Make no mistake, it's a rough dating scene out there. Even people that are doing all the right things are still going to struggle. But if you don't have a clear idea of what you're doing and how to get what you want, it's just not going to work. I can help with all of this, and while obviously I can't make any concrete promises, I can say that if you work with me, you'll have a much better understanding of how to lay the groundwork for finding the right partner and how to keep them once you've found them. And for those who have yet to see it, I also have a running online blog on the realityguidance.com website where I detail all the mistakes people are making in their profiles. I'll just say I'm never going to run out of material. It is a mess out there. But don't lose heart entirely. It is still very possible to get what you want if you're smart about it. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon.